Graham. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us and hope you can spend the next couple of hours uh, with us as uh, we bring local sports conversation to you. Starting off by Alex Halstead. He'll join us in about 20 minutes from now. CycloneAlert.com. We'll take a look back at uh, Iowa State's overwhelming victory over the Sooners last night as they get back in the win column. We'll also do some stuff on the uh, Combine with both uh, Montgomery and Butler heading over. Uh, The local media had an opportunity to talk to some NFL people yesterday, and Halstead was part of that, so we'll pick his brain on that. Shelby Mast, our bracketologist. Yes, Trent, I'm calling him our bracketologist. You found him. I'm I'm grateful for that last year. Gannett also found him. He's the bracketologist for all of Gannett's papers. Des Moines Register, USA Today, included amongst that umbrella. Shelby will be in his regular spot at 1045. John Miller, Hawkeye Nation, 1115, previewing Ohio State and Iowa. And then we're going to do a little NFL. Because we haven't. We haven't for a long time. And I've been I've been itching for some NFL conversation. I'm with you. You know, we really, since um, we had Bill Bender, probably gave college football six weeks off. Yeah. For the most part. And now this is probably, what, three or four weeks since we've uh, worked NFL conversation into the program. We'll do so today with Frank Schwab, one of our guys, uh, YahooSports.com, coming up at 11.35. Well, I'm disappointed to say that the show's going to take an entirely different turn than what I hoped (laughs) when we reconvened here this morning Uh after yesterday. All right, you're right. Um, Gotta slay the dragon. You have to, don't you? K-State couldn't do it last night. No. You know what? Dean Wade was... He wasn't alone. Maybe Barry Brown, did he make a basket? Didn't feel like he did it. You know what? Let me check this. Let me get the box score in front of me because he was awful. Yeah. Uh, Brown, one of eight. One of eight. Four points. Bet against Bill Self with your own peril. Yes, and I would have last night, Trent, and I would have been, uh, like many, <laughs> throwing their tickets on the ground. Uh, but look, Wade was, was, was pathetic in the first half, turning the ball over, committing fouls, couldn't make his shots. Maween was in foul trouble as well. And if you're going to go into Fog Allen, where they'd won 28 consecutive big Monday games, you cannot have an off night. And K-State did. Um, you got to give Kansas a little credit, Ken, before we go too far. <laughs> because they played very well last night, including, um, I mean, Dodson was great. He was. Grimes, likewise. They're growing up, Ken. They are growing up, Trent, right in time for March. Lawson is going to get a lot of love for Player of the Year in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Is he? Is it by default if he is? Culver, Texas Tech? That's probably where my vote would be right now mm-hmm. is with Culver, but Did I get Dean, it. Dean I mean, Wade last night falling on his face, and he missed a lot of time, too. Yeah. Brown would have been maybe the guy on that K-State team. I don't know. Somebody's going to win it. Lawson, maybe. But uh, look, I know who won it last night, and that was Kansas, so they're still very much alive. Mm-hmm. K-State had an opportunity to end it one way or another last night, and they didn't. Uh, and this has always been my concern with Kansas State, is the offensive efficiency and the bench, too, let's be honest. Right. Yeah. When, when they lost Cartier, Jara, Jara yeah. it's... They don't have any depth, Trent. They don't have anybody that can get to nope. the rim. And neither does Oklahoma, by the way. Oh. That was just... Oh, my God. If you're an Oklahoma... If you're Long Kruger, and apparently, according to Chris, he lit him up at some point when they called that timeout early in the second half. We didn't see it on TV, but apparently he was animated. Um, like, you seldom see Long Kruger, quite honestly. You're right. 
Look, I don't know what to take away from the Iowa State game last night. I really don't. It's a good I mean, point. I mean, because I have the exact same feeling. Did we Did we learn anything? You know, there, there's... Yeah, we learned if you don't guard a guy in basketball, you're going to put up some numbers. <laughs> right. And Oklahoma doesn't guard you. And uh, just, they. how many times did they try to take the ball to the basket? And this is, I mean, if you're watching Iowa State in, in the scout, what are you seeing? You're seeing as a team that... Well, it doesn't play a lot of defense, yeah. and you can do some damage um, by by doing that, as other teams have done. Look, I, I, I'm. It's great that they're back in the wind column. Shayok mm-hmm. was Shayok last night. Michael Jacobson got hot in that little spurt there. We hit a three and hit a two. Uh, Horton Tucker was. Horton Tucker, boy, is he going to be fun to watch. I don't know how long you're going to be able to watch him for, but as this kid gets, you know, older, and let's, let's not forget. When they were in Hawaii, mm-hmm. he was 17 years old when right. the plane landed. Yes. Now, when they took off, he was 18, but point stands. Um, look, it was a dominant performance last night, especially the second 20 minutes. It was a one-point game or tied at half. One-point point game. Yep. One-point game at halftime. Um, Had that quick spurt right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma responded and said, all right, we got a 40-minute basketball game, but they just kept coming. Shaq was really good. This was yeah. the elixir that he needed to get going. A terrible defensive team at Oklahoma. Right. And, and now you got five days before you got to play Texas yeah. on the road. Get right, uh-huh. get everything going, get some good feelings back inside mm-hmm. that locker room, and and away you go. It, right, it's, this isn't going to be a painful break from one game to another. Not like the last time. Not like the last time going into the Kansas State right. game that they ended up winning. They responded. Yep, they responded. Mm-hmm. Inconsistency, Trent, is a label that I think that we're going to. You don't remember that eighteen nineteen team? Boy, yeah, they were pretty talented, yeah, but inconsistent. But Trent, inconsistent. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're going to hear. And win a game in the tournament and get beat by a similar team in the round of thirty-two. Mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't it seem that's the most realistic path for this team? Sadly, yes. Sadly, I mean, with the right breaks and the right mm-hmm. draw, yeah, this team absolutely can go on a run. Get to the second week. One of them. Get to the second. Somebody weekend. has to. Somebody has to get to the second weekend. And how sweet would it be if it was? They were in the Midwest Regional. Yeah, there's a chance. And a quick drive down I-35 to KC. Well, are you making plans? Well, no, that, that'd be yours, because I'm going the following weekend north You're going north, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put you in that one. All right. You'll be home for a week from Chicago, so you'll be good, right? Ah, that's all I need. I'm ready to go. Ready, ready to go. <laughs> well, um, look, Iowa State, nice win for them last night. It, it, it's like it's a win, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a team that really didn't have a pulse. In the, especially in the second 20 minutes. I mean, this is a close game. This was a game that Oklahoma, although the, I mean, the, the possession at the end of the first half was just terrible. Nice play by Weilerbab. Yeah. I mean, he came over and took that path away from, I don't know who turned it over. Uh, Doolittle, Manic. Your guy Manic got hot for a while. I thought he was going to take over this game. He was about the only guy, though. For a while. And then Doolittle got his points. James was, eh. Jamal Bienemy, one of my most hated players in college basketball because of what happened down in Norman. He was on the bench for the most part of the first entire first half. When he was out there, he was non-existent. Uh-uh. I, he, he didn't score, Trent. I'm sure he probably drew the ire. He was bad. Mm-hmm. This Outside of that stretch for Manic, they were all bad. Yeah. James, mm, not, not great. I mean, had, had his moments, but... Had uh, a couple of shots. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, we're being overly critical of Iowa State, but honestly, I turned the game to the Kansas K-State game and didn't stay there the whole time. Found a hockey game. <laughs> that bored the hell out of me. But I, but I, but my takeaway was, is what did we learn? I think I think I learned more about Oklahoma than I did about the clones. I'm right there with you. And Oklahoma, because of the non-conference schedule that they played, credit uh-huh. to them. Yeah, they're in the tournament somehow. They're a tournament team. Do you want to see this team in the NCAA hell tournament? No, Trent. Or would None. you rather see 
Wofford, or East Tennessee mm-hmm, State, mm-hmm. or one of these really good mid-majors, mm-hmm. who would you rather see? I'd rather see South Dakota State if they yes. don't win the Summit, as they pointed out last night. I mean, Dom, is, his career is in its final weeks, for God's sake. Absolutely. Which leads me to a question All right, regarding his coach, T.J. Otzelberger, mm-hmm. who's had a really nice run there. Yes, he has. But he's had a really good player. Yeah. He's had a real a dominant player. Get out while the getting's I'm good. I'm with you, Trent. I don't think there's any way in hell he's getting his mail in the state of South Dakota next year. There I are really p- don't. Plenty of people in college basketball circles that say unless you're at a blue blood, and it doesn't matter if you're a major conference coach or a mid major or even a low major coach, but don't stay at a place too long. Mm-hmm. It just whatever negatives they continue to build around you and unless you can continue to break through Make that and jump. So what have you done for me lately? Look, I mean, at, look to the north of us two hours yeah. at the University of Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. Ben Jacobson mm-hmm. had a chance to get the Texas A&M mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. and completely changed his life. Yep. He's had other opportunities. Now, they bump back, and they're playing good basketball. They and, are. And they might. They have a chance down in Arch Madness. Mm-hmm. They have as good a chance as anybody. I agree. But that's what it is, and that's what this conference has become. And now it's a one-bid league. Are those jobs there getting more? Now maybe it doesn't matter to Ben Jacobson. I mean, making him I think he's the different. I think he's the outlier. Making eight hundred thousand dollars a year in Cedar Falls. Is that, I love ma- is, Cedar that Falls. is that what he's making? Yeah, that goes a long way. Yeah, I bet goes a real long way. Yeah. And, and not he's having, comfortable there, and his family's yeah. comfortable there, and his kids are growing up there, mm-hmm. and it's great community, and and all those things. But it's also if you look at it from I want my career to continue to build and grow. A very good exhibit of mm-hmm. this is what happens. Yeah, because I don't think they're pounding down the door to you know to to give him. Hey, well, back to TJ for a second. Yeah, does Nebraska make sense for him? Oh, I think that's a great fit. That's a great call right there. That might be one of the more realistic calls I, that they should make. That's the one that popped into my head yeah. last night because when I was when I heard uh, the guys talking about you know South Dakota State and if they don't win the summit, they're they're, mm-hmm. gonna, they're not going to make the tournament and. And I think it had, was pursuant to a team like Oklahoma. They were talking about the bubble being, you know, as bad as it is, and it's in its power six, five, six, seven, whatever you want to call it in basketball. That the teams that are going to take up those spots are sub five hundred. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you much rather have a team that you know goes through the regular season as the regular season champ, but lays an egg in the tournament yet gets left out? And South Dakota State was the example of it. And the answer is yes. You'd much rather see them in there. I mean, Dom is a hell of a player. I was a hell of a player. They play an exciting style. They get up and down the floor. 3,000 points. Is that what he did this last weekend? I mean, went over that threshold? Jesus. Pretty good list. Him and the kid from Campbell, the 5'8 guy. Is that right? Yeah, they they both uh, are either both on their way or really close. He passed it this weekend or last week at some point. And that's, I want to see that kid in the NCAA tournament. I want to see him as a 16 seed going up against Kentucky, going Mm -hmm. up against Duke. You want to see those stories. And they're the fighting camels. I mean, come on. Isn't it great when you get the goofy mascots yeah, to go along with it? The Campbell Camels. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, well, we'll know about that. Shelby Mass coming up here in about a half an hour. He's our bracketologist. We'll pick his brain. Uh, maybe get a little bit more in, into the bubble with Shelby last night. All right, so KU, uh, the beat goes on. They, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that big Monday record is just it's astounding. So repeat that, because Zubin texted me that last night, because I asked him after you said you got it from Zubin. I did. So let me get the text. I'll find this text. Is it officially Big Monday? It's Big Monday. Big Monday games. Okay. Because this, in a way, to me, when I heard this number, folks, I I really believed this might be even more ridiculous 
They're the 14th straight now, regular season title. this is at home we're talking about here. This is at home. Right. Okay, okay. Bill Self has never lost a big Monday game at home. A perfect 28-0. and This is his last throwaway line. And they need 29-0 and very badly. And they got it. And they got it. And got it in convincing fashion. The game was never close, Trent. It was never close. Over these 14 years, Kansas has had the most talent in the league. Mm-hmm. They've had the best teams in the mm-hmm. league. And they have a great coach, and he's put them in position to win 14 straight league titles. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. To never have a hiccup in a league like this, mm-hmm. we're not talking about the WCC or the no. Summit League. We're talking about the Big 12. <laughs> right. Been pretty successful yes. throughout the years of college yes. basketball. Whether it, it's a Texas or an Oklahoma or an Iowa State, fill in the blank. And I get the jokes, and you got to play eight and eight on five when you're playing yeah. in well, Lawrence. Okay. All those. But 20, and we saw that last night in time. <laughs> 28 in a row. Uh-huh. Not a hiccup. Uh-uh. Not a quarter three that banks in. Nothing goofy that happens. A guy that goes off for 38. In fact, they probably had a quarter three that banked in in their favor if probably. you want to go through that list of 28 games. And I 28 don't. in a row. It's at home. Mm-hmm. It's Kansas. It's money in the bank. Big Monday. That. Parlay that together 28 in a row. Now, that was a long parlay. Yeah, it would have been. Over, um, what, 13 years? Something like that. It's just crazy <laughs> what he's been able to. 14, 14. 14 years. All right, so tonight uh, Iowa goes on the road taking on an Ohio State team. Leistikow is there. I wonder if he stays in that part of the country and just goes over the combine. Mm, that's a good question. From Columbus to Indianapolis, how far would that be? I don't know. We know that Dylan Montz is going to be there we on do. the Iowa State side. Yeah. Scott Docterman's yeah. going to be there. Yep, from the Athletic. I and would assume a quick trip down. I would assume. Yeah, the register's got to send somebody. And since uh, Leistico's out east, I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised. But anyway, so uh, do you remember the Ohio State Iowa game from earlier? Was uh, Iowa opened up with that big run? That was the game Tyler Cook got hurt. Right. Yes. At the end of late, the game, late in the game, they were comfortably ahead, mm-hmm. eight ten points with mm-hmm. three four minutes. To go and turn the ankle, sat out the game after against Northwestern. Northwestern, yep. That was a game where Caleb Weston, the best player for Ohio State's Weston. Two points? Or he had foul trouble. He did. And what did he finish with? Not much. He had, I think, a three in the second half. He maybe finished with seven, eight points, but yeah. he was not effective. He didn't play. No, he was on the bench. He, he was on the play. bench. He had foul, foul trouble the whole throughout. night. He's probably not going to be in foul trouble tonight. No, he's a really so. good player. Mm-hmm. If you are looking at, well, let me get the box score. I remember seeing Ohio State six weeks ago, and they were terrible. That was a bad Ohio State team because basically but, uh, they played against with two against Iowa. Against Iowa, okay. Because they basically played without their best player. Right, right. This will be a different outfit. Ohio State's struggling. Okay, I've got it. This is a winnable game, mm-hmm. but Caleb Wesson is a difference maker for the Buckeyes. He scored two points. He was one of five. Played twenty three minutes. Finished. Uh, he fouled out. No, he didn't. Four fouls. Five turnovers. Um, let me look at the Hawks. Uh, wow, Jordan Bohannon had eight assists in that game. Ooh. Uh, Cook had 15. Garza, 16. Weiskamp, Weiskamp 10. Creener had 11. You're going to get Weiskamp. No, I'm not. <laughs> You're going to get it. I, I promise you. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Everybody's got one of those, right? Yes. The, the, the mental hiccup with the name. It's all, it's very apparent with me with See, this one. Weiss, like Reese. Yes. Just call him Weezy. Joe. <laughs> Joe. My boy Joe. My guy Joe. CJ Jackson will be back for Ohio State Well, tonight. will he? Because I thought I saw something. He's a, no, he's a game time decision. Oh. I saw that yesterday. So that's changed. Yes. Yesterday... I saw from Ohio State beat writer, uh-huh. unless something significant happens, unless he's I... expected to play. Let okay. me find, as we're digging through tweets again, let me find that because one Because what I thought I read, and you know, if I read that over after 8.30, 9 o'clock last night, I'm not saying it was accurate what I saw, <laughs> um, I thought it said he's a game-time decision. 
Let's see here. This is from... And he had 10 the last time these two schools played. This is from uh, 610 radio station out in Columbus. Ohio State men's basketball coach Chris Holtman tells reporters that C.J. Jackson practiced yesterday and bearing an unforeseen development is expected to play versus Iowa. Okay, so but he's, he's not 100% right, by the right. sounds of things. But he's a good point, Kurt. He is. Uh, this is a winnable game for Iowa. Yeah. This is a winnable basketball game for I Iowa. I told you yesterday, I think this is the most winnable of the of three the, remaining of the road road teams. Even more than Nebraska. But which one would you rather have? Wisconsin. Oh, Nebraska. Oh, I would rather have Wisconsin. Don't. Oh, with, oh was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah. you meant... Okay, yep. Yeah. Of the three, absolutely right. it's Wisconsin. Because the stakes are so much... But let me reach over here and pull out my Big Ten tournament bracket. Do you have yours handy, Trent Condon? Uh, somewhere, yes. Yeah, I found it. So right now, if the tournament started today, which it doesn't, um, opening rounds would be... How, how about this? Nebraska and Indiana are going to play on the first day of the tournament. What would the odds have been on that if you go back to October? End of October. Even December. Well, even December, yeah, because they were both off to good starts. You might have said, well, yeah, they'll play They'll play in the 4-5 game. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to play the first day of the tournament. No. They're not playing March 13th. Uh-uh. So the second, right now, I was the 6, Wisconsin is the 5. I would love to see that flip-flop because... Uh, if they're the five, the five as of today gets the winner of Illinois, Minnesota. Now I think Illinois is going to win that game just because of how they play defense. I do. I like I like this Illinois team. Uh, conversely, if I was the six, they will play the winner of Rutgers, Ohio State. I think mm-hmm. they're better in Ohio State. I like Peichel, what he's doing for this team. He's I think nice he job. could flat out coach Trent. I really do. I don't know how long he's going to stay at Rutgers. Um, but if he gets them to a tournament, yes. You're a program looking for a guy? Right. You make that phone Look call. Look what he's, he has taken chicken you-know-what yeah. and made chicken salad. I mean, we talk about the Rutgers football program, but remember, that was a nationally relevant program for sure a three, four-year run yeah. under Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Basketball, you have to go back to the 80s. They had a couple of decent teams. Well, I'll take and they're playing in that. the A-10. Right. <laughs> That's how long ago mm-hmm. it was when they were relevant on the college basketball scene. Yeah, he's done a great job. Mm-hmm. You, though, I know the real reason you want them in the 4-5. Well, yep, I wanted to see him play at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> right, and then you can go out and have dinner with the guys Absolutely. and have a cocktail. I know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. personally, I want to see that night one. I want to see the night session. I want to see the night session at Dublin's. <laughs> <laughs> I see. In the I Viagra yeah. Triangle of Chicago, right by Gibson's and Morton's and uh, a couple of Italian places, Italian restaurants. I love that bar. It doesn't belong in Chicago. It's just a dump in a really nice area, and uh-huh. yet there it is. It sticks out like a sore thumb. So much fun. So much fun. Love it over there. All right, Alex Halstead coming up next. We will get back into Iowa State, Oklahoma. Uh, we'll do that. We'll also do some NFL, but in particular with the uh, two Cyclones that are making their way to the Combine, as uh, Halstead was part of the media teleconference yesterday, picking some NFL scouts' brains and what they would like to see, in particular from Hakeem Butler, because he's got a chance, I think, to sneak into that first round. If he can run a 4-5 something, I mean, think about this. The difference between, a say, a 4-4-8 and a 4-6-2 is... Snap your fingers. Right. And that makes a difference. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
A huge difference. Huge difference in the bank account. Yes. Uh, and a huge difference when you're going to see or hear your name called, which kind of goes part and parcel. Al- Alex Halstead next. Trent and I are here until noon. We're glad you're with us. If you miss any portion of the program or you'd like to listen to uh, a guest again, uh, the podcasts are up very quickly on the KXNO page, uh, KXNO podcast page. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. John Miller on Ohio State, Iowa at about 11.15, 11.20. Frank Schwab will do some NFL conversation with Yahoo Sports' Frank Schwab at about 11.35. Right now, Iowa State Talk, Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. He joins us. He, too, will be making his way over into Indianapolis for the Combine. Uh, and it's good to talk to him. Alex, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Alex Halstead, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. You know, before we get into basketball, let's do uh, football. Uh, you were part of a uh, teleconference yesterday with um, uh, Move the Chains, some NFL scouts on this thing. What did you learn, do you think, maybe Daniel Jer- Jeremiah, I believe, is the, uh, uh, is the uh, guy over there at, um, at Move the Chains. What did you learn, I guess, most, first of all, about Hakeem Butler as to what scouts and teams are looking for out of Butler? I think Daniel Jeremiah is kind of becoming the NFL Network's new Mike Mayock after he went. Has he really? Yeah, and, and he's he's a former NFL scout, spent eight years as a scout for the Browns, Seahawks, and Ravens. So um, it, I did get on that one partly because of that, because he's, he sees it more from a scout perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, I was curious, like you said, about Hakeem Butler. What is, what is his outlook? You know, we heard last week from Mel Kuyper Jr. from ESPN said his 40 time is going to be key. He's going to be one of the key guys in that event. And so I asked Jeremiah, I said, you know, what do NFL scouts want to see from his 40 time? He said any time that the, the second number is a five, he thinks it's going to be a great for him. So anything in the four fives he thinks is a good time for Butler. He thinks he can even run a low four sixes and be okay because of um, his body and, and that sort of thing. In fact, you know, Jeremiah said his bigger question for Butler is not his 40 time. He thinks because of his long stride, he'll actually build up a faster 40 time than people think he will. Mm-hmm. But he said his biggest question is, at that six foot six size, because there's not a lot of NFL receivers that are six six, how does he get in and out of breaks? So it's interesting that Kuiper and Jeremiah, you know, both kind of centers around speed, but they both have different viewpoints on what he needs to do at the combine. And some thoughts at the running back position with David Montgomery, and it sounds like Jeremiah very high on David Montgomery too. Yeah, last week we heard Kuiper thinks he's you know the third to fifth best running back in the draft, which puts him anywhere from the second to third rounds. Uh, Jeremiah said he thinks he's a, a, a second-round pick and a day-one starter. So, mm. obviously, high praise for Montgomery. Um, you know, Montgomery goes to the combine this week with a few with fewer unknowns. I think people kind of know what he can do based off film and his ability in the hole and his vision. Um, you know, I think he's just got to go run probably respectable numbers, and and he'll probably still live by himself in that upper echelon group of running backs. You know, the big question for him is when does the third to fifth running back go? Mm-hmm. And you know, that's probably the second round if he solidifies himself there. Um, but that's kind of, I think, the biggest question for him, more so than going out and showing a 40 time, which I think teams want to see, but I think they 
they more so are going to be picking based off need at the running back position. I know that Kuiper mentioned uh, Brian Peavy, and he believes he's going to make an NFL roster. Did uh, uh, did Jeremiah uh, have anything to say about Brian Peavy, who will not be in Indianapolis? Yeah, so I asked him about Peavy, um, you know, because Kuiper had brought him up, you know, last week, and and he had not. He that's the one position he's not finished yet. His corners. I think he said he had nine left. I don't know if mm. Peavy was going to be among the nine. He still wanted to evaluate, but. Um, he had not seen PV yet, but he did talk about how, you know, at, at a five foot nine corner, you know, you you have to overcome something by, you know, having really good traits elsewhere. Whether he said that's good ball skills or a little bit of an edge to you, I think PV's got that edge a little bit. You know, he's he's always been this five foot nine corner that mm-hmm. people told him he's too small. You know, he started forty seven of fifty games in his Iowa State mm-hmm. career. I think that experience has to probably entice teams, but like you said, no NFL combine invite, so he's going to have to wait. Uh, to work out for you know the 32 teams on March 26th at Iowa State's Pro Day, um, and that will probably be an important day for him. So, what kind of access do you think you're going to get over there, Alex? When you get to Indianapolis, obviously you want to you know follow uh, Montgomery and Butler as close as you possibly can. What have you been told that uh, you'll be able to do as far as getting with them? Yeah, well, well, the NFL Combine is, I think, historically you know pretty tight access in terms of you know getting to see these guys in person. They're the you have. Know, the 40 times the the workouts are closed off to the public. Now, mm-hmm. I think they've opened that up a little bit, um, or I should say even to the media. They've opened that up a little bit to pro, a couple select, you know, Pro Football Writers Association of America guys. I think they're letting guys like ESPN's Mel Kuyper in. I think he said he's not been to the Combine before or in a long time because they don't let him watch, so it wasn't worth it. He'd right. rather just be back at home <laughs> evaluating film. Um, but he's going this year because more people can see. You know, I think Saturday um, – People will be able to watch Akeem Butler on ABC. I think it's going to be televised. So they're opening up a little bit, but for media there, it's mostly going to be they have, you know, David Montgomery will meet with the media on Thursday um, and then work out Friday. And then Hakeem Butler will meet with the media on Friday and work out Saturday. So we're still going to talk to both of those guys, see what, what their interviews were like with teams, you know, what teams are maybe most interested and that sort of thing um, this week. When is Iowa State's pro day for guys like PV and the rest? So that's March 26th. That'll okay. be you know pretty late in the month. That's about one month before the NFL draft. Uh, but yeah, PV's going to be the main guy there. But you know, I, I think Kyle Kemp will probably work out. You know, there's always CFL teams and that sort of thing there. Mm-hmm. Sam Buckner, um, uh, DeAndre Payne. So there'll be some other guys. But PV's going to be kind of the big guy. It might might be Brian PV Day at Iowa State. Mm. Well, let's jump into a little basketball. And uh, you, I think you put it very well in your column from last night at CycloneAlert.com. A sense of urgency returning to Iowa State. Team that seemed to be more locked in than they've been. And Mario Shayok had his best game in a while. Horton Tucker was hitting open threes. But Ken and I both were struggling, and maybe it was more because of Oklahoma. Does this change anything for you with this Iowa State team, the victory last night? Yeah, that's. I kind of noted that, too. It's like there's so many highs and lows in, in college basketball. It's like things probably weren't as bad as last week made it seem with getting beat twice but they're probably also not as good as a 17-point win against Oklahoma make it seem. It's probably somewhere in the middle. I think there's probably still flaws. You know, Steve Crome said last night, the biggest thing still, the the number one thing that's going to probably determine if this team can make a run and be a tough out is defensive rebounding. They gave up mm-hmm. um, 12 offensive rebounds last night, which was a better percentage because, like you said, Oklahoma didn't shoot well, and I think that's 12 offensive rebounds on 39 misses. So it's a better percentage than the 47% the last two games that they were giving up. Um, but that's going to be their biggest thing. They still have things to tighten up. There were still a stretch in the first half. They got down 14-7. to seven. They struggled at times. But 
all in all, you know, you, you probably can't complain with a 17-point win. And it's really just a game they needed to win because they do have a tough stretch here to end the season. You know, to go to Texas, a place that they're 2-14 and 14 all time, um, then West Virginia is probably got to be a must-win. But then you come back home and play Texas Tech, mm. could be playing for yeah. the 12 title. That's get that game's got a chance to be have absolute huge ramifications. I mean, I, Iowa State could prevent Texas Tech maybe uh, of outright winning the Big Twelve. It's um, final weekend, a uh, final Saturday rather of, of the regular season. You know what else they did last night, Alex? They they hit their threes. Different team. What were they two for twenty uh, when they were on the road uh, on Saturday? They they were almost forty eight percent last night when they're hitting their threes. As you know, it's kind of been the case for Iowa State over the last few years. Certainly been a big part of it, and they were on last night. Yeah, that, that's part of what makes them a dangerous team in in March. But it's also partly what makes them probably a scary team for fans in March is because they're so reliant on you know being a four guard team that is overly reliant on making shots. And they went eight of fourteen on threes in the second half, and that was kind of why they pulled away with a seventeen point win. But like you said, over the weekend, they had chances to win that game, which I think is probably encouraging for them that they can go 2 of 20 and still have chances. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to go 2 of 20 in the NCAA tournament and not get bounced. So I think that's probably the most concerning thing is, is that they're just kind of relying on that. But that's why you know I think they try to make some effort defensively. They're starting to slip in 10 pounds there. I think they're still top 40, but there was a good chunk of the season where they were a top 25 adjusted defense team. So you know there's, there's things they got to clean up, and they've got to try to – you know, you know, shorten that margin of error where they're not so reliant on having to go out there and make, you know, ten three pointers. So as we come to the end of the regular season, three games no, left. No, no, don't say that. I know it's going to go quickly, but we got conference tournaments. We got the NCAA tournament. Shayok, he's moving on. Weiler Babb is moving on. Well, not if you listen to the broadcasters last night. Shayok's coming back for another <laughs> year. But you got those two seniors. I think everybody expects Lindell Wigington to again test the waters. Taylor Horton Tucker, does he get that evaluation? Does he does he put his name in? Because there continues to be buzz about this guy at the next level. I got to think that since the rules changed, it allows them to go spend the, the time before that deadline. I think he's probably going to declare just because it, it doesn't hurt anything to go get an evaluation. Mm-hmm. And as we saw with Lindell Wigington last year. You know, he went out to Los Angeles and worked out, I think, with the Lakers. He went to – there's a couple different places, like four or five different teams that he traveled around and worked out with. And so even if you don't get invited to the NFL or the NBA Combine, then you can still go and do some of these workouts individually. And so I think it probably benefits him. I think that the, the amount of intrigue that he generated in Maui and even in, in some of the games since, I think enough teams will be interested in bringing him in that it might be worth it for him to go – declare or not declare but you know go work out and then still come back uh, pending those evaluations yeah his first two fouls were both offensive fouls last night one was the right call i didn't think the second one was it was i thought it was clearly a block but regardless i don't have a say in the matter hey alex alex halstead by the way cyclone alert is with us miller and condon des moines sports station 1460 kxno is it a given that Wigington's not coming back next year? I mean, has he done enough this year? I, I get that he was really close, apparently, after his freshman campaign. You would have thought that, you know, this was going to be it for sure. He was coming back. Uh, he was going to, you know, but this, this was going to be it. This was his final season in Ames. Is it? I'm not so sure. Well, I think I think he. there's probably thought that he probably should consider strongly coming back. Uh, I don't think he probably 
for sure a first round pick, and I'm not sure he's a pick right now. I mean, I never, I haven't said, seen him lately in mock drafts, Alex. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's really fallen off some of these boards, um, and so it's hard to know how accurate those type of things are. And, and obviously, he, he can go hear from the NBA himself, but the. I think there's more and more thought that maybe he should come back, but I think most people think that he wants to go because he did want to go last year, and mm-hmm. I think he thought better of it because of those evaluations. But does he does he want to come back for one more year? I think that's the question more so than should he. Gotcha. Um, but cause I think most people think he probably should, especially you, you look at the role Mario Shayak has developed into. That could be Lindell Wigginton's type role next year. He could put up those type of numbers, at least have that role. Um, but it's going to be kind of a question of is he ready to go on and, try to start making money and play in the NBA or the G League or wherever that might be. Matchups aside, Alex, is there a Final Four team in the Big 12 this season? Ooh, that's tough. I think, um, you know, defense sometimes carries in, mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. I, I think people have been really hot on on Texas Tech lately. Yep, yep. That's going to be dependent on can they make those 14 and 16 threes that they've made the last couple games. Mm-hmm. You know, when, they, when they can shoot, they're really good. But we've seen at times stretches where they're not a very good shooting team and they're so reliant on, on Derek Culver. So I think their shooting, you know, if their shooting is there, their defense can carry them. But it doesn't feel like Kansas is that type of team this year. I think Kansas State has some flaws. Um, so it's, it's hard to say, but, you know, I don't think we any of us thought Loyola would be that team last year. Right. Alex, uh, safe travel over to Indianapolis. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. We will talk to you next week. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert. He, too, making his way over uh, to Indianapolis. That Texas Tech game, mm-hmm. it's a 1 o'clock tip. The ramifications, Texas Tech could land in the state of Iowa knowing that if they win, they get here on Friday, knowing that they win on Saturday, they are the Big 12 champs. And Iowa State at Hilton, that hasn't been kind to him this year, has a chance to pop that balloon. Give Kansas another title. No! That's what the victory would do. <laughs> Probably so. I mean, you talk about a... Oh, boy. Give me... Hang on a second. I yeah. Wanna get, I want to get Kansas. Do you, we should... You know, we probably, by the time this week is over, we'll have Kansas' schedule memorized, for God's <laughs> sakes. You know, most of the teams in the... Uh, Two roadies coming up. Hang on. I want to get it in front of me, too. Okay. You're, you're much quicker than I am. Uh, where does K fall in the alphabet? Right between the L and the J. I should know that. My name starts with it. There we go. Kansas. Oklahoma State this weekend. Win. At Oklahoma Tuesday. Win. Baylor at home to wrap it up. Oh, God. I've, I've been trying to tell you for months. What's K-State? They're clubbed. No, they're not. they still got a one-game lead. Give me K-State. They get Baylor at home. Mm. Okay. They go to TCU. Mm. I mean, try, TCU's try to, better at home. Try to wrap your mind around that TCU team. You can't. They're better yeah. at home. That's yeah. what I'll tell you. And then it's Oklahoma at home to finish up. Mm. Oklahoma's tournament team. <laughs> no, they're not, but somehow they're going to get in. They're going in. to be. Um, Kansas is mm, easier. They'll be 13-5. Yep. Yep. Well, they're getting well, a K-State's going to be what? 13-5? 13-5. Texas Tech's going to be what? 13-5. Uh, we didn't do Texas Tech. We know the final game is Iowa State. What, are they, what else do they have? Who are their other two games? Tomorrow, Oklahoma State. Win. At TCU. Tough, but win. Texas at home. Tough. And then at Iowa State. Tough. If Texas Tech wins it, 
they're a deserving champion. With, oh, with yes. these final yes. games. Yep. And they're playing very well. And as Alex pointed out, they're hitting their threes. Offensively, their numbers are trending in the right direction. Defensively, they've been good all year. We saw that in the Duke game earlier this year. They got mm-hmm. beat, but they held Duke, uh, at, at least at the time, to a season low. Timeout. Shelby Mast. BracketWag.com, our bracketologist next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Wayback Machine there, Trent Condon. Good yes. stuff this morning. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get right to Shelby Mast. He is USA Today, Gannett's Des Moines Register, Miller and Condon's bracketologist. <laughs> Bracketwag.com is where you can read Shelby's bracket each and every single day. It's updated usually by 6 o'clock in the morning. I don't know how you do it, Shelby. I say it to you every week, and we're grateful you come on with us. Uh, thanks for coming on, Shelby. What did you learn this past weekend? Your biggest takeaway from the weekend uh, up until this point was what? Well, I, I think Duke can they can win without Zion. Uh, I don't know if they can win the whole tournament, but they can, they can win games that they need to win. Uh, six in a row will be tough. Uh, I, I think... I mean, just taking it all in right now, LSU is better than a lot of people really think they are. They they beat Tennessee, who is a very good team. And I know it was in overtime, and I know there's controversy with the ref, but they didn't have their best player, and their mm-hmm. second-best player scored one point. Right, in overtime. So yeah. that's, that's an impressive win. Well, when you look at that top line, Duke, Virginia, Gonzaga, and now Kentucky continues to creep their way up, this uh, Wildcat team. The youngsters are growing up. National championship good? I, of course, you'd think as a one seed, but do they have enough to win six straight in your mind? I, I don't think so. I mean, they, I, you never say never, but I, I'm not going to pick them to win the whole thing. I don't even know if I'll pick them to go to the Final Four. They're good. They have the ability to do it. Calipari is a top-notch coach, but I just I, I don't trust them enough yet. You know, we um, obviously in Big Ten and Big 12 country, we spent some time yesterday talking about a team in either one of those two conferences. Is there a team uh, that can go to the Final Four, just similar to what Trent asked you about Kentucky? I'll do the same about a Big Ten or a Big 12. Is there one school uh, in those two conferences that has a better chance than the others? I'm leaning towards the Michigan schools, and I don't know which one to pick. Michigan State, they did beat Michigan the other day. That was impressive. that was impressive, but they're two guys down. Can they sustain that for the full tournament? I don't think so. Uh, Michigan is a good team. Uh, they got there last year. They've got the experience factor. Beeline is a really good coach. He's a good teacher. And he can he can teach these kids along the way. So if I had to pick one, it's probably going to be Michigan. You've got three teams, Shelby, three Big 12 teams on your four line. That's the that's the highest you have a Big 12 team ranked at this point, Kansas, K-State, and Texas Tech. Uh, we'll get into last night's game at Fog Allen where they you know the beat goes on with, with Kansas. But let me ask you about Texas Tech because they're scoring. I mean, their offensive numbers have been terrific lately. They're clamping down on defense. They'll actually end the regular season here in Ames taking on Iowa State. Is Texas Tech in your mind the best chance of a Big 12 school? Probably so. I think Kansas State maybe because of the experience of getting to the Elite Eight last year and then bringing pretty much everybody back. That that, that experience factor really does go a long ways. 
Uh, but Texas Tech is good, and if I had to pick one from the Big 12, that's probably the one. Uh, Kansas over K-State last night. What did, does it say more about Kansas or K-State? I mean, when Wade doesn't have a good game, when he's in foul trouble, when Brown couldn't make a shot to save his life, K-State has no chance. Was that all we saw last night, or what did you learn in that game? Uh, Kansas bounced back from that Saturday debacle against Tech. They needed a game a game like that they for their just their confidence, their mentality. They needed to prove to themselves that yes, we can still you know play with these good teams and beat these good teams. We you know Texas Tech is a good team, a really good team though. Uh, what worries me about Kansas is they're they're doing most of their damage at home, and when they you know the tournament's not at home, so they're going to have to figure out a way to win a neutral site. It, it probably won't, it won't ever be a true road game, but there'll be uh, there'll be enough of a crowd against them, I think, where they might have a tough time. Let's go to the bubble, Shelby, and start with a team we saw last night in Oklahoma who are not very good. The RPI is good. RPI is not a metric anymore. The net is decent enough. 40th, uh, but they're 3-9. The and eye nine. test is bad. 3-9 and nine against Quadrant 1. They've had plenty of opportunities and really haven't been able to deliver. Tell us about this resume and why they're not just in. They feel at least semi-comfortably in at this point. Uh, yeah, I think they're... Part of it has to do with the teams below them are just worse. I, I don't have confidence in, in any team from about nine down to twelve that's an at large from a power five. I don't have confidence that they can really do anything. I'm, I'm at a point where I, I'm scrambling and, and digging through resumes deeper than I ever have just to find mm-hmm. somebody worthy for the last spot. And I think that's part of the reason why they're on the nine line for me is just lack of options. But one thing that sticks out with Oklahoma for me, and I think it might with the committee, you hear all the talk about the quad one wins and quad two and all that. They have not even played a quad four game. And they won't because the Big uh, 12 is so tough and and rated so highly. No, they will have zero games against quad four. That is awfully tough to do when you schedule that early. Uh, Ohio State hosts Iowa tonight. Iowa's been... uh... Uh, fortunate to win some of their games. Jordan Bohannon, is, I'm sure you've seen, has just carried this team in the final uh, couple of minutes of games, just making big shot after after big shot. Ohio State starts the night on a, as uh, on the nine line for you. If Iowa goes in there and picks them off, is Ohio State's place um, secured at this point, or Ohio State got to do some work, or is it you know back to that case again of because the other teams below them so bad, they're probably going to get in. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning with them as well. I, I mean, I've watched them play enough where they're good, but they're not overly impressive. They don't do anything to make me jump up and down. Uh, I, I mean, if they lose the rest of their games, then they might be in trouble, but they might not just because I think teams below them will lose as well, and there's not enough bid seeds out there that I, I think we'll have a few of those, but those are the kind of teams that Ohio State would need to watch out for if they go on a losing streak here. I think if they realistically win two more games, they're probably pretty safe. Mid-major-wise, a year like this where we're searching for teams and you're searching for teams and you got NC State in, yuck. Arizona State, gross. These are just they're bad basketball teams. And then you have the mid-majors. Buffalo, Wofford, Belmont. These teams get upset in the conference tournament. How good a resumes do these mid-majors have? And is there a real possibility that we do see a few of these at-large bids at least go to the mid-majors? I think Buffalo is probably pretty safe. Uh, 
they've got a few games left in the regular season. I don't know yet if they could lose out and still get in. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't test that theory, but I think <laughs> they, that you're going to hear their name regardless on Selection Sunday. Walford, I'm leaning towards that way also. They've got four losses, uh, three of them by 11 points to Power 5 schools, and then Kansas beat them by 25, I think it was. Other than that, they haven't lost a game. They, they've played really tough competition, and they've fared very well. You know, Had those four losses all been by 30 points or so, might be a different situation, but they played close enough. You know, 11 points to me is not a big blowout, and they were all on the road. I believe the, the North Carolina game was at home. But I think Wofford and Buffalo are probably safe. Belmont, I hope, is safe. I, I, I have them in as an at-large at Murray State winning their conference title, the, the conference tournament. I think Belmont has enough of a resume to get in. As for everybody else, I, they had chances over the weekend. Furman had a wonderful chance against Wofford and couldn't come through, and that might have ended their at-large hopes. There's still a couple of outliers, but I, I think these are the teams we're going to have. Mm. Uh, North Carolina, real quick, as we move back to the top of the bracket, my final thing for you, Trent and I both feel that, you know, yes, we agree with Kentucky's arrows clearly pointing upward. North Carolina, they got a couple of seniors on that team who are carrying that team uh, at least the last couple of weeks. North Carolina, what do they need to do uh, to get to that one, or is that uh, kind of too far? And, uh, too far? I mean, is there too much work to do, or can they get to a one? I think they can. They've got another game against Duke. Mm-hmm. They beat Duke. And then if they win the, the yeah. ACC title, the uh, tournament, they, they've got a shot. They've got an argument to be up there. And I've been asked more than once, would the committee put three ACC teams? Well, they've put three Big East teams before. There you go. The Big East was a monster. So there, there's nothing to keep it from happening. I, I don't know. I mean, Kentucky's going to have to take a couple losses or Gonzaga. I don't think that'll happen, but it is within the realm of possibility. Uh, game days at uh, at Houston this week to to see the Cougs. Uh, Zuba Mahanti, our buddy from ESPN, alerted us of that. I haven't seen them, uh, Shelby. When you when you watch this Houston team, what worries? I mean, they're twenty six and one. You've got them as a three right now. But what would worry you if you uh, if you're Houston? Uh, finding that team that's scrappy and, and quick on defense and, and can force turnovers. If they get kind of uh, back like old fly slamming jammer, they wanted to you know get up and run. Mm-hmm. I don't get the sense that this Houston team wants to do that. And if they get against a high-powered offense, uh, regardless of what level they are, I think that could spell trouble for them. They just they got to keep doing what they're doing. I think uh, Kelvin Sampson has got these kids believing that they can go to the Final Four if you keep playing your game and do what what has worked all season. Keep that up, and it should be okay for us. Bracketwag.com. Bracketwag.com is where you can see Shelby's bracket updated each and every day. By the time you get up in the morning, Shelby Mast has done his work. Shelby, great stuff. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to talk to you, Shelby Mast. Bracketwag.com. Gannett's bracketologist. Iowa State a 5 in Shelby's latest bracket in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Iowa a 6. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An Elite 8 game between the Hawkeyes and Cyclones okay. in Kansas City. Okay. With a berth to the Final Four. The path, though, NC State I see in the opening round for Iowa. Uh-huh. One, of, uh, one of the more difficult memories. Senior year, uh-huh. DJ Armstrong, uh-huh. Roy Marble, Ed Horton. Monroe, yeah. Chris Corciani. God, I want to punch that kid even as a nine-year-old in the face. Oh, I despised him so much. 
NC State in the opening round. They stink, though. Yeah, they're not good. I will be. They shouldn't get in uh, this year. There's so many teams, Trent, that don't. T- I mean, we, we've got two. We've got one to the north of us, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one we saw it uh, to, to the north of us last night in Ames. Oklahoma it's, does not belong in this tournament. We had this conversation a lot. It's a bad bubble. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you expand to 68. Yeah. Stretch too thin. Mm-hmm. Put the mid-majors in, please. Not going to happen. Uh, we'll take a timeout. John Miller about 11.15. We'll do some NFL in the final hour of the program as well. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. Combine around the corner. There is NFL news. We'll get to some of that with uh, Frank Schwab. Trent and I have another hour to go. We're glad you're with us. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.